0: Well, welcome back, Fungo Banter fans. I am Eric Sorensen, head coach at Kittas High School here at Big Country Studios in Ellensburg, Washington. Uh, we're going to be joined in just a second by Kelly Gal, head coach of St. Martins University, head coach Jason Jarrett from Tri-Cities Prep. And our guest today is Jesse Benedetti from East Valley High School. Going to talk a little bit about his program. Going to talk about the All-State Series there in Yakima. Uh, great interview. Super pumped about it. Hope you guys like it. Feel free to share on Twitter at uh, Follow us at Fungo Banter PNW. Check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast. Let everybody know. Let us get this Northwest baseball coaching tree all listen to the same podcast. This is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, so, without further ado, let's bring on our guest of the week. All right, Fungo Banter fans, we're back with our guest of the week, head coach Jesse Benedetti of East Valley High School. Coach, thank you for joining us and welcome to the podcast.
1: Oh, thank you for having me. I uh, had a good time uh, hearing your previous broadcasts. Um, in fact, I'd love to coach at Viola, that's a dream job. Um, but, uh, yeah, even Jason, you know. But if he shows up with another 90-plus guy next time I play him, he might no longer longer be (laughs) friends. I agree.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Anything, man. I'm
1: bringing it.
0: (laughs) Well, first question we're going to ask, hard-hitting one right away, what's your favorite fungo?
1: Uh, It's the SSK. I like the big guy, the uh, Mm 37-inch SSK. Because I'm getting older, I need the extra pop. Um In all honesty, we've actually kind of waited quite a bit from fungo use in the last few years using more machines. But, um, yeah, I definitely need that extra pop to get it to the outfield.
0: Yeah, I think we can also – are you going to be one that could be on this fungo golf tournament here then?
1: I'd love some fungal golf. So, Perfect. Um, we get out of this, uh, maybe we can set up a, a tee time.
0: Let's do it. Let's make it happen. (laughs) Well, you know, we've gone through everybody, you know, the guests that come on. We want to know about your background as a player growing up and and what got you into coaching and and what led your coaching to where you're at now.
1: All right. Uh, Well, my playing career is not very exciting. I went to West Valley, uh, and right before I became a high school baseball player, my dad, who had been the coach there for about 15 years, resigned, and uh, so I didn't get to play for him, Um, but I played there, and actually went to YBC on scholarship and just kind of, when I showed up, I was kind of burned out of baseball. So, um, right away I played a couple of years for the Pepsi pack. So Archer gave me a job coaching with the peppers. And I mean, I don't know how old I was. I had to be 19, 20 years old. And I started coaching right then and there. And I've been coaching ever since I never wanted to get into coaching either. So that's kind of the funny part. Um, just kind of worked
0: out that way well that's awesome so what got you so you went from there did you go straight to east valley from there
1: yeah uh so i was hired night well 98 99, i believe it was uh head coaching job came open the only experience i had was coaching um out with the peppers and i applied for the head job and my dad worried that i'd be eaten <clears throat> alive by parents at i think i was 22 23 years old he thought he'd apply as well, thinking mean, if they went with somebody with, you know, 25 years of experience outside of the district, he'd get hired, and if they didn't, I'd get hired with the only two applicants, uh, interviewed against each other, um, and he got the job. Sucker. I'm <laughs> forgiving him, but, uh, so, uh, we did three years together where he was the head, and Craig Hyatt, and myself, were his assistant coaches, and Mike Bailey, in fact, is another one that was there, and. So we um, coached together for three years. I think that was about 2002
0: to uh, 2001, to 2002 that I took over. Well, Kelly, I think you got a question for him about the uh, his program.
3: Well, I don't know about question. We're having a good conversation <laughs> here, just some <laughs> baseball chatter. Us pent up. Uh, <clears throat> you know, I think all of us coaches are learners, no matter no matter what level. Uh, and I think sometimes we get stuck in. Well, someone's here or there so things must be better or whatnot but honestly I, I think for myself and others it's it's trying to learn from other people and, and what works well at at their programs and try to be great thieves that I think that we all are trying to look for that that next great drill or practice plan or something like that so I, I'd love to dive in a little bit um just what a what a daily practice is like at East Valley some kind of maybe absolutes you guys Maybe work into a practice plan every day. If that's daily drills, maybe a specific drill you like to do. What's kind of what's kind of the the priorities for you guys?
1: Yeah, a good question. And uh, definitely, we we steal more stuff than than we're able to provide other coaches. Um, but we, uh, um, yeah, we our daily stuff. We actually do um, some stuff with ply balls right off the bat. Mm-hmm. Uh, my son trained it line, and I was able to go over mm-hmm. there quite a bit, and uh, we felt if the pitchers were going to do stuff with plyo balls and wrist weights and jagger bands that everybody mm-hmm. should do it, so we actually run everybody through um, in about 15, 20 minutes uh, stretching and plyo ball drills um, for arm strengthening, and um, I've really enjoyed that, seeing a lot of development from kids that way, um, and then we go into a lot of times uh, our position time because we want the stuff we're doing from positions to lead into our team drill. So if we're doing cuts and relays for team drill, we'll review different things during our position time mm-hmm. as far as that goes. Um, but we really we try to give kids a lot of the ownership in in how they're training and, and uh, our environment. I feel like their success on the field is going to be dictated by the kind of environment we have. And so mm-hmm. um, we try to establish an environment with the kids and then give them the ownership of it. And so whatever drills we're doing, uh, there is there is some time in there where they're developing and working on their specific mm-hmm. um, things they feel they need to work on, whether it's hitting or building or whatever. But um, I guess uh, our biggest stress with our practices is we want to make them stressful and harder than games mm-hmm. so whether we're doing position time or team time or hitting time, we want to stress our kids out and we have to repeatedly um, remind them that that's kind of our goal um, so they're not their heads aren't sucking a lot but um, we definitely want to stress them out in a practice situation and make it difficult so that games are easier for them and there's not as much thinking involved it's just reaction mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so anytime our team drills um, that's what we're we're pushing. That um, we're pushing it during defense, and then when we go into hitting, we might uh, like right before we went to uh, you know our our shutdown, we were throwing out the two machines and doing curveball, fastball, mm-hmm. and watching the kids get blown up. But mm-hmm. we have to you know constantly remind them that um, you know what the goal is coming out of that. But that like, we don't have any really. Uh, I guess specific aha drills that we do other than we just really want to stress our kids out and make competition and the stress of a practice um, difficult forms so that the, g- the games come easier.
3: Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. I think that we're all on the same same page with that and, and try to do some of that on a daily basis. Uh, let's Let's expand a little bit. I know for us to – from a defensive standpoint, we try to do the same thing with uh, making it a little bit harder than what the game is going to be like. What are some kind of specifics you guys use? Is it is it stopwatches? Is it putting base runners up the line to make it quicker? What what type of things you do there yeah. to stress that defense?
1: Oh, yeah, we'll, we'll do all that. Like Just like you said, we'll do the stopwatches when we're turning double plays. Uh, we'll put guys up the line. We'll put base runners out there. Um, we do a thing. Um we hadn't got to it yet this year. Um where after we introduce you know all our core like defenses and first and thirds, we mm-hmm. do a we script out situations mm-hmm. and we'll do twelve infield situations in a matter of like eight to ten minutes and wow. everything revolves it's all scripted. Coach Hyde was coach third base, albeit home plate. Mm-hmm. And we for example we have a guy on first and um he would call um and just Like I said, just infieldy, call a, uh, a bunt offense, and I would call a defense because mm-hmm. I'm at the plate, and um, kids have to react and go with what's going on. I could end up doing a slug bunt out of the drill, or everything's involved with backdoor. So every time we do a bunt play or a first and third play, we're throwing backdoors, and we're encouraging the kids to get rundowns. Mm-hmm. So in a 10-minute span, we can do six, eight rundowns. Uh, we'll have... Four or five back picks, we'll pick some bases. We'll go hit like every D in first and third D, and then we'll throw a new pitcher out there and do another set of scripts. And we'll we'll do those a couple days a week and run each pitcher out there. And there's no time to rest, so it's just right. quick reacting, quick reacting, quick reacting. Um, and uh, I I found that 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 series of drills is probably the biggest thing that pushes our kids in that in that idea.
3: Yeah, I think just the chaos of of having to go through that many scripted things in in a row. I can only imagine being a younger yep. player doing that the first time, just head spinning. Of I go where now and do this now, yeah. And, and that's where kind of that you get that first hit bat or that first ground ball in a game, and it's like, well, I just have gone through such a such a harder thing in practice. And like you said, I'm I'm much more prepared for this situation right away. But I, I think that's one of the problems we get with is we all drop these great practice plans i'm sure you did this for the very first time and you went out and put it into place and it was probably an under nightmare just guys everywhere balls everywhere <laughs> this and that and then you get back and it's like ah, oh, what was what was i thinking with this and and i, I yeah. think i think what we go back to is is if if effort's really good and if attitude's really good and and whatnot within a drill we want to stay with it even if it's bad because we know that that kind of utter chaos in, in that learning process is happening yeah. so much more than hitting a, you know, a fungo to a line of five guys and have everything be yeah. scripted and predictable. And, and, uh, so I love that. That's, that's awesome. Appreciate it.
1: And I, well, Brian, I struggle with it. Like when we first implemented every year and I, I, I want perfection and, and it, it really eats at me when, you know, we don't have a right off the bat. Mm-hmm. And when a 10 minute drill takes 20 minutes, it just, yeah, that's the tough parts. Well, you got to keep right. remembering that it's a, it's
0: a process. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Talk about, you, you mentioned uh, when you were asked about your fungo, but you guys have gone to using more machines throughout your practice and hitting ground yeah. balls, fly balls?
1: Yes. Uh, well, I, I've cooked with Craig Hyatt. He's a growing guy for, what, 20 some years now? Mm-hmm. And uh, he'll do a lot of research and come in, and, you know, one of the things, he started looking over was just the different spins, different positions were same because as of, like, right now, all three of the varsity coaches that we have are all left-handed swingers. <laughs> and we're hitting ground <laughs> balls to a third baseman, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And how often, really, is a left-handed batter hitting a, uh, you know, a backspin, one hopper, two hopper to a third baseman? It's mm-hmm. really not. So we started charting a lot of stuff, and researching a lot of stuff, and seeing what kind of ground balls are hit our positions. And, and even with just our own team, like if, if who's on the mound or is our shortstop getting more ground balls or is our third baseman? And um, so we started trying to implement the same type of ball they would see in a game hmm. and adjusting the spin off a machine to do that. So we'd get top spin ground balls to the third baseman. And for some reason, we get a lot of ground balls in the sixth hole um, at our level. Uh, I think a lot of hooking the ball. And that kind of stuff, and so moving our third baseman back and up into the six hole a little bit, and letting them see some balls, kind of in that mm. in that six hole um, that are spin coming off a right-handed bat, just just using um, the machines to do that has been a huge uh, change in them for us in the last two three years.
0: Mm. That's awesome. That's got. Uh, I know we started using some more machine, and it also made our drills quicker and more effective, and more reps too.
1: Yeah, yeah, and it's, uh, you know, I, I mentioned Haya, I, but he he's a crappy fungal hitter, and so um, he has <laughs> these great, like, jump shot, drop shot, you know, tennis balls, and what's funny is kids actually get those in-game, and they get pretty excited, but, um, you know, we also need to, introduce know, do some of the top spin ground balls, and that kind of stuff as well.
2: Well, Jesse, we know that you're not only a head coach there at East Valley, and you're doing a phenomenal job, but you're kind of a man of many hats, you know? and uh, kind of wanted to transition over to our All-State series. I know you've been doing this for some time. So is there, can you give us kind of a basic history of, of the All-State uh, series, and, and how how did it get started, and has it always been a, a four-team format? I and mean, you just kind of give us some yeah. background okay. on that?
1: Yeah. Um, you know, what's funny is, like I mentioned before, I was really never, honestly, never had it as a goal to get into coaching, and I never really wanted to be – have anything to do with like Allstate State or the Coaches Association and somehow some way I've been involved in all of that now. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> God's got a sense of humor, definitely. Yeah. Um uh, but uh as far as Allstate, um they used to be in Wenatchee at Eastmont High School um, mm-hmm. up until I think two thousand seven was when it moved and uh my dad and El and Pete Orgill were actually the ones that wanted to take it over in Yakima, mm-hmm. And uh they're actually told <laughs> Uh, that it would not last three years in Yakima. And so their goal was wow. to make it last at least five. Uh, and so uh, they they started off in 2007. I wasn't involved with it. And then um, my dad got really sick. And my mom called me and had me come to the house. And he was kind of in the fetal position, couldn't move. I don't even remember what was wrong with him, but it was horrible. So I just grabbed kind of all the information he was working on and, and kind of took it from there, and they haven't been able to get rid of me since. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, and so I started doing stuff then, and Pete and, uh, passed away um, just a few years ago, and, and Mel stepped away, and Dad stepped away, and um, I don't even remember what year was that um, they stopped it. Um, it just kept getting bigger and, and bigger and bigger from, from 2000, 2007 and on, and um, it's always been four teams. When they were in East Wenatchee, I know it was, I think it was four teams and what they did was they go, like the bigger school would combine with a smaller school for a team, um, and then the two middle-sized schools maybe for a team. Uh, I'm not really sure. I actually had never been up there um, as a part of that. Um, We knew right off the bat that we wanted to have four teams and four games, two games Saturday, two games Sunday. Yeah, um, and and it's it's been really cool because like um, I think it's now last year, last year or the year before we added the Hall of Fame banquet for the coaches association. Mm-hmm. With yeah. it, and it's turned into like a thirty thousand dollar weekend <laughs> um, of baseball wow. and coaching camaraderie, and um, Adidas donates like ten grand in the uniforms for the kids to keep. Oh, wow. um, but Larry gives all the kids plaques and all, all the. Coach Association winners, they donate that. Bottom donates balls and bats, and we had uh, Rainier, the Rainiers just jumped on board Coca Cola um, and some local businesses, and Astro Church mm. just jumped on, and uh, wow. we just keep getting more and more. We want to broadcast it, so if that's uh, in your guys' wheelhouse, that's um, <laughs> kind of the next big goal.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know if our technology is yet.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm putting that out there for you. Oh, it's been it's been uh really cool. It's something I will continue to do as long as they'll let me do it. Um it's kinda when Dad got out of it, um Nick Alois from Franklin Pierce and Glenn Walker from Auburn Mountain View and Brian Jackson who's been really big as our president of the coaches association from Grant House and they've kinda um really been a big, big help in you know, organizing all this and adding the banquet to it. We started a coaches' weekend or coaches' golf and dinner on Friday uh, before the Allstate game. So we all go out golfing and then um, end up having dinner together. I think last year we had about 30 coaches. Mm. So that was really cool. So it's a camaraderie weekend for coaches and a really cool um, opportunity for kids. We've had kids drafted during the game. Mm. Um, I've even had a kid, we had a kid from Southridge. Fly in. He was in Florida for pro workout and flew back in right to just so he could be there for the second game. That's awesome. Um, Just really cool stuff the kids have done to be a part of it over the years.
2: Well, Jesse, I know I've been part of it, and you do a fantastic job, and it's so much fun. Um, You know, it's it's a a great weekend. It's one of those you know, even as a coach, to one of those times you just you don't forget. You know, kind of put it in the memorabilia kind of booklet and you, and you kind of store it for a lifetime. So my next question for you is, this in that where you got this COVID-19, how is that going to affect the, the possible series that takes place in June? And are we still on?
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm uh, dragging my feet. I don't want to cancel it at all. Um, more or less, because this could be um, maybe the only baseball experience these kids will get this year. Uh right. We don't go back and I appreciate the kind of words you said too, and it's awesome having having you out there. And gives me chills yeah. when I hear people talk about it, how much they enjoy it. Um, yeah. So, um, but yeah, as far as the, I, I'm holding out. Um, I'm holding out hope, even if it's a baseball game, and we get the kids to the at the baseball game instead of having a banquet. Um, I know, and one of the guys going to the Hall of Fame this year's a good friend of mine, Greg Swenson, and I mm-hmm. really want him. I, I I really want that to go because of what, what a good person he is. So, um, I'm just holding out. Um, but you know, I'll, I'll adhere to any, any guidelines the state puts out. I've also, uh, looked into adding a junior game this year. Um, just because if there's no kids, I mean, if we end up getting our spring season canceled, you know, and, and June rolls around and they say, you know, we can congregate again or whatever, and these mm-hmm. kids didn't get a season, I would love to be able to offer them, you know, the same type of thing we offer the seniors.
0: Mm-hmm. That's
1: cool. That is awesome. But, at, yeah, so of right now, I have no idea. We're just kind of dragging our feet. Uh, I'm waiting. I mean, I've already purchased the insurance and everything like that for the games. And, mm-hmm. um, we've ordered the uniforms and all that kind of stuff. So we're just holding out, but we need to be smart with it, too. So there's a, mm-hmm. a lot of families that come to this and, you don't want anybody uh, walking away
0: sick or mm-hmm. something happened because Absolutely. Well, I know I want to echo what Jason said. I was able to go to the Hall of Fame banquet last year for Coach Watkins. Yeah. Inducted, and that was a fun evening. That's for dang sure. So if you haven't bought your tickets to that, and it, it does happen this year, coaches, that's that's quite fun, and it's an awesome experience. Yeah,
1: well, thank you. I didn't get to go last year. It was my daughter's high school graduation, so I had to sneak out.
0: That's a pretty good um, reason I think to miss it. That's the only
1: one I missed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, all, all these kids are matter kids missed their high school graduation just because of the game in mm-hmm. Uh and I snuck out that it was for good reason, I guess.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> well, Jesse, we really appreciate you coming on and and uh you know, hopefully hopefully we can be wishing you a good luck for the season and and uh yeah. you know, thanks for being a part of the coach's Northwest uh, fraternity.
1: Hey, well, uh, thank you very much. And it definitely is uh, just that a fraternity. And, um, I don't, you know, my greatest memories from, from coaching um, all are about kids and coaches. I mean, all you guys um, out there in this Northwest, it's been awesome camaraderie. Um, and, boy, it's, it's been enjoyable for 20-plus years just because of that.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. That's for sure. Well, we'll be right back to wrap things up. With Jason and Kelly, and, and thank you, Coach, again. And we'll be right back. Thanks, Coach. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks Coach. Well, fans, we're back. That was such a fun interview, guys. Let's wrap this thing up today. Uh, let's. What does each of you? What did we we'll each go through, and, and what was your take from that interview? Kelly, you, you kick off.
3: Oh uh, yeah, it was. It was good to hear from from Jesse and get a get a feel for some of the drills and and what a daily practice looks like. Um, I, I think from a college standpoint, I'm, I'm very interested in, in hearing, hearing you guys kind of go through what the high school practice is like, which is that limited amount of time that you have before you get started. I mean, we have the full year to plan through things, um, can take our times with activity. Um, but for you guys, it's diving right in as soon as that March 1st or, or the end of February date hits. Um, so I, I really like that chaos drill, um, talking about having scripts, some people I've been around. We've we've done other things. University of Washington. When I was there, we did a uh, a, a drill called Street Monkey, and it was three consecutive ground balls in a row. Uh, it was a five a five four three into a three six three into a, a three one. You know, a flip to the pitcher at first base, and then that would switch. You know, a six four three into a you know, a five, three, and then, uh, maybe a, uh, three, six, two, a comeback or to a, to a, or a, I should say a two, six, three, a comeback or to a pitcher. But I think the more chaos and, and, and pace and tempo we can put into practice, um, it, it really helps guys to learn that game speed. Um, just off there, we were talking with, with Jason and I were talking, um, about trying to keep guys engaged and active and, yeah. And uh, a lot of times it goes to fight or flight, right? If if, <laughs> yeah. if a ball's yeah. coming at my face, I got no time <laughs> to talk to the guy standing behind me.
0: Um, yeah. So
3: I, I think that the more pace and tempo and, and, and chaos we can create in practices, um, one guy's learned to adapt, they learn to play fast, and uh, it, it really helps with that kind of the
2: flow of things. Yeah, Kelly, I, I I would say I agree with that. I mean, what you're talking about, you know, for high school side of things, we're only given, you know, for for like for us at Tracy Prep, I only got 120 minutes, you know, of practice to, mm-hmm. to take place. And so it's like a matter of starting and going. And, you know, I mean, when you're in a game and you're playing, you got, especially if you're playing a, revi- you know, another uh, competitive, you know, cross-town rival team, yeah, there's gonna be a lot of a lot of chatter going around outside of you, and so there's a a sense of yeah, you got to hone, you know, throw your players in, call them in, and so you know they understand all that chaos, you know, so they're used mm-hmm. to it, you know, it's it's kind of like I talked to Eric about this, kind of like you know, and you could get, probably vouch for this. There's one of your, you know, as you're raising kids, you know, it seems like every time I get on the phone, it's like my kids want to go crazy. It's mm-hmm. like so I got to focus on the, you know, the conversation and, and kind of exclude the chaos. But yeah, you know, I, I think that's really cool, neat how Jesse runs that. You know, uh, you know, organization time is essential, especially mm-hmm. for us high school coaches. And, mm-hmm. in, you know, in uh, your players, what to expect going out to practice is huge. And so that's a huge kudos to Jesse and, and keeping that intensity going. You know, I I, I think that's something we could. All learn, too, a little bit how to, you know, get a little bit more, you know, intense with our practice and different things to pick up, you know, what and what he's doing there. And so, um, you know, Eric, what, what are your thoughts on, on that? I mean,
0: you know, the last two, even the, the episode with Coach Calhoun talking about um, how well and how efficient the practices are. And, I you know, starting off, I would run the longest practice ever. We'd be out there till dark. And I knew that this year I need to make a change. To be able to get out of there earlier, um, I think, and the, and the whole point of that and what my off was, you know, how do I become so efficient at practice that we can cut it down to two hours or less, but yet we are going to get every single rep, every single situation, and not lose out in the baseball aspect of things. And I think having the scripted, mm-hmm. thing, you know, how he script his infield stuff, how he, there's machines and, and shooting ground balls and different things, and and you're just being more efficient in what you're doing. And I thought that was phenomenal, and you know. I think the kids appreciate that too. And when they know there's a direction, there's something to they know exactly what's got to go on. And this is what we're going to get better at. And this is where we're going to go today. And we do it in a timely manner that it's, it makes practice so much more efficient and you become such a better player. And it even makes you a better coach too, because you're having to do such a better job at planning things out. Right.
2: Yeah. There's something to add to that guys, is that this year, you know, I got a little bit more organized and sent our practices that, um, I've always written out our practices, knew what we we're going to do, but I reported, you know, had it written out on our whiteboard in our clubhouse. And so the guys coming in, they knew exactly what to expect. Mm-hmm. You know? and, and after we go from dynamic to four corner throwing to right into our practice, it was kind of interesting. This first week of practice, one of the players, he's a sophomore, uh, comes up to me, you know, right at the end of practice, like coach, are we done with practice or we got more things to do? And I'm like, hey man we're already two hours in we're finished up it's uh, Mm -hmm. six o'clock and he's like whoa are you serious Mm -hmm. that's what it is when you you got a a time a a plan of execution you know and i think that correlates over to you know for you kelly i mean it helps kind of prepare your guys are coming into your program right yeah
3: i think i think the biggest thing I've, i've been thinking about and sharing this and i know we'll get this theme as we continue in but the game never changes, right, from, mm-hmm. from when you're younger. Yeah, the bases get a little bit longer. But once you're at high school going to the college level, whether it's junior college or the four-year level, the game never changes. It's always the same game. It's a round ball. It's 60 foot, six inches. It's 90 feet to first base. But the speed of the game changes. Guys get quicker. Right. Guys get faster. So we just have to learn to be more efficient and, and, and efficient in a, a tighter window. Um, and, and time and space are... Are two of the biggest things when I talk with with infield coaches that that I talk to quite a bit. Billy Boyer is a guy. Hopefully, we were able to get on at some point in time uh, with the Minnesota Twins. Him and I talk a lot about just that efficiency of work and and really breaking down the. This is the way it's always been. This is the way I was taught, and really pushing thought into why do we do it this way? Is there a better way? And and how can we teach it? So um, mm-hmm. yeah, and this in this deal, it's just continuing to learn from each other and, and hopefully get a little bit better in the process.
0: Absolutely. Well, guys, that wraps things up for this episode. And thank you again to Jesse Benedetti from East Valley high school. Uh, check us out on Twitter at uh, Fungo banter PNW uh, share some tweets, get on there, get, we'll get interactive with you. And, and we're on Apple podcast, Google podcast and Spotify, you know, share the Northwest baseball love and, and until next time, take care of one another, stay healthy, and let's get back on the baseball field.